welcome to another inspirational teaching from the Gate Church. So um, this morning, we're going to, um, I'm just going to do a, a, quite a brief word because we're also going to do communion, but it's all going to tie in quite uh, well with what I'm speaking about this morning. Um, I'm just going to share a little story with you first. Um, I went to a wedding, this is a long time ago, and I was just, uh, I'd been married maybe a couple of years, and um, we went to a wedding over in Northern Ireland. And um, we didn't know where we were going to be staying, uh, that, that was being arranged for us. And um, we got picked up by this guy who uh, we were going to stay with, and he was like, we're talking, he was Northern Irish, and I couldn't make out head or tail what he was talking about. So we went into his car, we're sitting there, and he started talking to us. And it was like, and uh, me and Rosie were just like sitting in the car, and we sort of looked at each other, and then I could just, it's like, if you imagine, I just seen his eyeballs in, in the, the mirror of the car, just looking back at us like this, and I would just sort of nod like this, and then Rosie would look at me and go, like this. And uh, so this went on the whole journey, and um, eventually we got to his house, and we got to meet his wife, which I thought, oh, maybe his wife, or maybe we'll understand her. So she starts speaking, heard, 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 and I couldn't make a head or tail what she was talking about. And um, so this went on, and she, she was watching some movie, I think it was Conan the Barbarian, that was on the TV at the time, and it was like a really dodgy scene that was on Conan the Barbarian at the time. So it was like the most awkward moment. We're kind of standing there. And there was one bit that I could make out, and it was Robert the Bruce. So she, there was Robert the Bruce. And um, eventually we figured out that somehow, because their last name was Bruce, that they thought maybe they were related to Robert the Bruce. Um, so things got worse, gradually got worse. So we went into this room, and in the room they'd kept the, it was in the middle of the summer, they'd kept the window open, okay, and this is in the middle of nowhere, they kept the window open, and as we went into the room, it was like, it was like moths and flies and everything, everywhere, flying, and, and if you know my wife, she hates that kind of thing, so we're in there, and I just saw her face, and it was just like, oh no, so um, eventually we get to bed, go to sleep, and I wake up in the middle of the night, and um, I'm quite a deep sleeper, okay? So I wake up in the middle of the night, and you just imagine this, I don't know where I am, okay? I, 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 it must be such a deep sleep that I've forgotten where I was. So I wake up in the middle of the night, I get up because I think I need to go to the toilet. So I get up, and then it's pitch black. I couldn't see a thing anywhere. And um, at this point, I get up, and then I start walking around like this, trying to find, and, and eventually I, I find a wall, and then I shout out, where am I? Where am I? And then I could just hear Rosie ruffling, and I'm like, where am I? And then I just hear this voice, it's okay, Craig, it's okay, it's okay. And then I just suddenly realize where I actually am, and eventually I find my way to go to the toilet and whatever. But the thing was, is where was I at this point? I was just so, it was such a bizarre situation. And um, what's the point of this? <laughs> I don't think there's any point in it at all. <laughs> the point is, is like, 
it's at that moment when I heard her voice, um, it was about recognizing a voice, and it reassured me. And I think for some of us in our lives, we struggle with hearing God's voice. Yeah, we do. It's like if we admit it, there's always that one person that we know that hears God constantly, isn't there? It's like, yeah, God spoke to me today, and like, I was just doing this, and he just said, do this, and do this, and, do. and it's like, in the reality of our life, you know, it's like, I, I have a prophetic gift, but that doesn't mean that I constantly hear God for every single moment of my life, but that doesn't mean that he isn't spoke, speaking every moment of my life, all right? And I think the big thing for us is actually discerning and understanding God's voice and when he's speaking. And it's such a difficult thing. But I want to encourage you today, if you're that person that struggles and he's got, you've got a mate, okay, that constantly hears God all the time, okay, it's not like that for most of us, okay? Uh, so if you've got your Bibles, I'm going to go through Matthew 24. See, there was a, a little bit of a point to that story, okay? <laughs> um, so Matthew 24, I just want to set the scene. So there's Jesus, Jesus has died. He's on, he'd been on the cross, he died, and it, went into, it talks about it went into complete darkness. And um, if you could imagine this, these disciples... There's Mary, there's Mary Magdalene, there's all the women that, that are there at that point. They'd followed him day after day, hour after hour, listening, observing everything that he did, everything that he said. It was like that was their life for that whole time that he was ministering. They were incredibly passionate, incredibly committed to what his purpose was and what he was doing. But at this moment, they didn't get it. They didn't understand. They, they didn't recognize that he had to die, that he had to be crucified. And it comes to the Sabbath, and it's still dark. And they're in that place where it's silent. There is no voices. There's nothing to be said. It's a place of utter darkness. And this is the Sabbath. The Sabbath is the Saturday. But then what happens is Mary and Mary Magdalene and the other women decide to get ointment, they decide to get spices, and they decide to go to the tomb. And it talks about they go to the tomb in the dark. They go there when it's complete darkness just before the sun comes up. And I love photography, okay? And there's this thing with photographers that, that if you're a landscape photographer, you're obsessed with light and obsessed with the timing of, to get that light. And there's a thing called the golden hour. You've heard of the golden hour? It's like that moment where the light is so low because it just pops up and it's like everything, even the most horrible looking things can look incredibly beautiful. I mean, like, it's like such a soft light. And if you take portraits or you take photographs in that light, it's just, it softens everything. And this is the moment 
where they get there. They get to the tomb just as that light's about to come. So if you think about this, they're in this place, they're in this darkness. And in verse, 20, in verse 1 in chapter 24 of Luke, it says this. It's a simple word, and I'm going to start with it. But. It says, but. Luke 24. But on the first day of the week. And if you go through the Bible, there's so many points where this happens. Where it's like everything has gone wrong, and then there's a but. But God. And to take note in these moments. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went, went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them, dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. In John, we read another bit, and it talks about how Mary, she stood weeping outside the tomb and, and she stooped in to look. And at that moment, at that moment, Jesus speaks. But she doesn't recognize him. She doesn't recognize his voice. And then it's not until it says, Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabbi, teacher. And it's that moment where, where Jesus says her name. And that's an incredibly crucial part to hearing God's voice, to hearing Jesus speak to you, is he calls you by name. It's personal. And, and that's, this is important that you get this, that God is not a faraway God. He's an intimate God. He wants to speak to you heart to heart. And Jesus calls you by name. Just think about that. Every time you're listening, listen to him to speak your name. He calls each of us by name. This is Isaiah 49, 16. It says, behold, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. Isn't that incredible? That our names are written on his hands. Think about that. His name, our name is written on his hands. Think about it. That cross, when he's on there, that nail that goes into his, the palms of his hands, that's his name, our name, being written on his hands. That's how close that we should be to him. So as he said to Israel, fear not, for I have, this is to you as well, fear not, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are, my, you are mine. So Mary went there. She went in darkness. But she met Jesus in the golden hour. And I want to tell you that today, I want to tell you this, that Jesus has a golden hour for you. There's a moment that you might be in darkness. You might be struggling. You might be going through hardship. You might go through loss. 
Whatever it is, there's a golden hour for you. It's that moment where Jesus says your name and he calls you close to him. So after appearing to to Mary, Jesus visits the other woman. Um, Why? Because they see see the angels, and then they they basically run away. They're called to go back to the disciples and tell them, but they're so full of fear. And so Jesus meets with them. It says, and they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling astonishment had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. This is Mark 16, 8. See, see, the thing is, is fear will bind your tongue. It will stop you from speaking. But what, is, what happens here is Jesus comes to them and he brings peace. And at that moment, they become the first evangelists. Women. I wanna, I'm going to speak to the women of this house that you're called, every one of you are called to be evangelists. Your voice is important. Your story is important. And don't let anyone tell you that it's not. It's important. These women were in fear, but now they were so filled with joy, with hope, and they went and they shared the good news. There's another part in Matthew that talks about in this whole circumstance, this whole story here, and it's, this is in Matthew 20, 11, it says, while they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place, and when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers, and then this story went out to everybody that somehow they'd stole the the body. And, you know, today in our culture and the way we are, there's other voices that will speak, that will try and tell you a different story from the voice of Jesus. Jesus is speaking to every one of us. We just need to learn to hear. But today, in, in, in the way we live, we talked about it already. You know, the first thing that you look at is your phone. And it's like... Um, I remember, like, so many times I've had to speak to my kids, and I'm, I'm saying, to, saying something to them, and they're watching the TV, and I just have to go and switch it off. It's because they're not listening, because they're not hearing. They're, they'll say yes or whatever, but you know that they've not heard you. So maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to just put it away, put it aside. Just say, I'm going to put this aside, and I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen, because if... If your mind and your head is so full of different voices, it's going to become more and more difficult for you to hear the voice of God. Because there's so many opinions, this, you know, for, for whatever it is, it's like, and there's so much fear that comes through these, these places. And I'm not saying they're all bad, I'm just saying that there's something that I noted in my life that I had to put it down because it was blocking out me, me hearing the voice of God. So do you know what the word cathedral means? Do you know where it comes from, cathedral? Does anybody know? Uh, it comes from the word uh, cathedra, cathedra, which is it's a, like a Latin. 
And it's basically, um, it's basically a seat. And um, it's a seat, a seat of learning. And um, so w w with us, it's like if, if we want to learn something, you need to sit down, you need to take time, you need to li listen to the voice of God. And, and that's like I'm saying, it, it, sometimes it means just putting, putting aside those things that are clouding your ears and just sit down and listen. Okay, I'm going to go on to, uh, this is the road to Emmaus. And this is kind of the crux of what I want to talk about. It's chapter 24 and verse 13. And I'm going to read this out because this is really incredibly important. Everybody needs this. You need your Emmaus moment. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus and seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him, and he said to them, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. I'm going to ask the first question here is, who are these people? We know that they're disciples, but who are they? If, if you look in Renaissance paintings, it tends to be two men walking along. But we know that one of them is Cleopas. From, a ver from verse 18, it tells us that. But later on in this story, and I'm, I'm going to say why I'm talking about this. Later on in this story, it says, come, it basically invites, they invite Jesus to their house. So to me, this sounds like it's his wife. So Cleopas is married, okay? He's married. Um, so it, it, if we look in verse, I'm just sorry, I'm just going to get my notes. Yeah, so John 19, 25 says, but standing by the cross of Jesus where his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, which a lot of, a lot of uh, theologians believe that this is the same person. So Mary, the wife of Clopas, who's his who's sister. So this, what's happening here is Jesus comes alongside who? His auntie and his uncle. Do you get that? So it, 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 to me, it shapes this whole thing. It makes, it makes it seem so much more emotional because at this point, he's, he, he comes alongside them. If you think about what's happening, they're going home. They're, why are they going home? They're going home because they've given up almost. They've lost hope. They're in bereavement. They're struggling, so they've decided to go home. And Jesus, he comes alongside them. And what does he do when he comes alongside them? Does he start speaking to them straight away? No, he asks them a question. He's, so I'll just go to this. 
But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, listen to this, he said to them, what things? It's like he knows exactly what's happened because it happened to him. He's the one that it happened to. But what he's doing here is he's trying to draw things out. And that's what Jesus does. That's when when we go to that place and we listen, he draws things out of our lives. And in my life, I know time and time and time again that where where I've heard God and where my life has changed is where he questions. Questions aren't wrong. We don't always have the answers. And sometimes out of those moments where we begin to to question things, we question scriptures, we look at them and we can't understand them and we question them. That's often the times where God gives us the revelation that we need in our lives. What things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. And this is where their hearts were. They were looking for this, like all the other disciples, they were looking for a political Messiah. They were looking for the one that would come and would free them from all the tyranny and everything that was happening, and they would receive this kingdom again, this, the kingdom of Israel. But he came with a different purpose. That day will come when he comes for a kingdom upon the earth. But right at this moment, he was destroying the works of the devil, and he was bringing freedom to their lives. It says, moreover, some of our women of the company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And it goes on, and eventually he opens up the scriptures to them. And he describes exactly what the purpose of his death was. But even in the midst of that, they still didn't recognize who was there. Why did they not recognize it? I want to tell you why. And we all face this. We face it in our struggles when our emotions speak louder than his voice. So many times we hear discouragement, we hear bereavement, we hear Do you get me? We hear those voices so much stronger and we don't get it. But what happens is eventually Jesus, he does this thing where he he, he pretends to be, I love this, he pretends to sort of walk on and they're like, no, no, come. And he's like, okay, so he goes to their house. Now, if you're in a a house at this point in time, 
and they bring out the food. It's like, it's incredibly rude, okay, for you to do, to break the bread and to do the prayer, okay? It's the head of the house does it, isn't it? And what happens here? Who breaks the bread? Jesus. Jesus breaks the bread, and at this point, they get it. They all of a sudden, they understand who is with them. How do you think that is? Has anybody got an answer? Why is their eyes all of a sudden opened? Do you want me to show you? When he broke the bread, he broke it with his hands. And what are on his hands? The wounds. You see, Jesus speaks to our wounds. That's where he speaks the loudest. And if you want to hear God, if you want to hear the voice of Jesus, go to where the wounds are. That might be your friends that are struggling. That might be your neighbor. It might be you. Right in this moment, you might have wounds that are so deep. But I want to tell you, Jesus' voice want to speak to those wounds in your life. Can I have the band up, please? says when they pierced Jesus' side, the blood and water came out. And Jesus didn't, you know, we think Jesus died of crucifixion. He gave up his own life. The cross didn't kill him. It was his heart. That's what happened with the water. His heart was so broken, that was when he died. And when Jesus died, he died for you. His name is written, your name is written on his hands. His, he comes to your wounds. And this morning you might be here and you might, you might think everything is, everything's okay. Everything's okay with my life. I'm not having all these struggles. I'm not, you know, I, I don't have these pains. Everything's great in my life. But everybody has wounds. That's the reality of it. And that's where Jesus speaks. He speaks into our lives, into every moment, in every place, he is there with us. He says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. The two places God speaks are wounds and hunger. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, he has sent me to bind up the broken heart, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. We're going to do communion. And I want to come, you to come to Jesus today. And I want you to sit at his feet. I want you to open up your ears. I want you to shut out everything else that has been spoken about you, that you've taken on. It could be discouragement. It could be hate. It could be arguments. It could be strife in your marriage, 
Whatever it is, I want you to lay it at his feet this morning. And I want you to let Jesus speak to your wounds and to speak to your hunger. You might be like Mary and you've not recognized that Jesus has been speaking to you. But I want you to hear him speak your name, to say your name, to let you know that he is there with you. You might have been hearing all the wrong voices. You might have been like hearing the voice of those soldiers that were telling lies. You might have been believing the lies. I want you to put them down. to get the Father I just want to thank you this morning for everyone in this room and I just thank you oh God that your sheep hear your voice sometimes we struggle God sometimes we, he- we struggle to hear you in the midst of the struggles of life in the midst of opinions And I just pray this morning that your people, God, that you would open their ears. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. And I pray this morning, God, open up the ears of your people and open up the eyes of the blind. Let them see that you're walking in their midst. That, God, they are not alone. saying things like that, it's another chance. Let it be a new beginning, not another chance, a new beginning. It's a new day. This is the end of your teaching for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. 